If you'll turn with me to Genesis 8, verse 20 to 22. And that's our foundation scripture. I want to close out because we can go on for a long time with this. I'm going to close out today on a seed sower or a consumer. Um, So let's go to Genesis 8, verse 20 to 22. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, sea time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. I'm going to just reinforce where we were last week. I want us to go to Isaiah 28 that God's kingdom functions in divine order. And it's important that we understand that. You know, the enemy wants disorder. Do you know that unbelief is disorder? I want you to think about that. Unbelief is disorder because everything God did from the book of Genesis is divine order. And it's not restrictive, it's a great freedom. I want you to think of this. Sickness causes disorder. Because the body doesn't function as God created it to function. Anxiety causes disorder. Hello? Come on. Anxiety, worry causes disorder. In fact... If you let it continue long enough, it'll cause physical harm to your body. That's the reality. I've got the pharmacist in the front shaking her head in agreement. I'm not sure if she's agreeing with me or if it's a medical reality. Um, But that's what I've been told by, by various doctors. So Isaiah 28 verse 10 to 13 says, For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept, that's divine order. Line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Verse 11, with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people, to whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. Watch this, yet they would not hear. You'll be surprised how how important your hearing is in your walk with Christ. But the word of the Lord was to them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept. I want to encourage you this morning. God will use the same scripture 10,000 times if he needs to, to get the truth to you. So don't, when the Spirit of God quickens the Scripture to you, say, oh, I know that, and just disregard it. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So every time you hear that Scripture, faith comes. 
Every time. Every time. Every time. How can you be so sure? Because the word doesn't lie. So remind yourself when you read that scripture, faith's coming. You may not think different, you may not feel different, but God's word never returns void. It accomplishes that which he pleases. And it's through that very thing of us saying, oh no, I know that, I've heard that five times, that we stop using that word. I had to make a major decision this past week, and I was spending time with the Lord. And so at the end, I said, um, Father, I just want to raise the situation with you. And I raised it with him. And if I didn't know better, I would think I'm just referencing what I know. But he gave me two scriptures, which I can quote. And has given them to me so many times. But it's pertinent and it's new every day. Can you see? And many believers make the mistake of just flying over that word and saying, yes, I know that. So when I took the scripture and I started to meditate on it, I started to see other things. Can you see? My mind becomes renewed. This is not psychology. This is Godology. Okay? My mind became renewed again on the power of his word to meet my every want. Because this is not a need that I'm referring to. It's a want. And every religious demon got upset. But the word of the Lord was to them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and caught. Now, you may wonder, that's tough words that, but I want you to see what he was saying yet they would not hear. That's why that scripture ends as it does. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, be happy, the word sets you free. The Bible repeatedly instructs believers to have ears to hear, and we went through these last week, but I want to go there again because we have a lot of noise in the earth. And so as the church, we're not to pick up on the noise of the earth, we're to pick up on the truth of God's word. So let's remember that, that word precept. Let me just back up for a minute. That word precept is an authoritative instruction an instruction my people stumble for lack of knowledge I was in there again this week now I'm not insulting you this is what the word says lack of knowledge means you are dumb 
That's what it means in the Greek. You are stupid. Can you imagine that? That's what it means. Anybody who has the solution through the word of God and decides to use their own understanding and experience is dumb. Lord, I thank you that their toes are fine in Jesus' name. (laughs) Think about that. You see, family, the truth sets us free. It doesn't put us in bondage. Lies put us in bondage. So the Lord says, you're not, you're, you're literally dumb. Do you know what dumb means? You can't speak sense. See, if you use the wisdom of the world, you can be a peanut butter jar as a human being. You know they do that now, right? You know you have dogs to help your emotion. Did you know that? This is my emotional helper. And I'm not even exaggerating. This is really happening. That a human being who has dominion has to have a dog to help it overcome life. God have mercy on the human being. And that's what the devil does. And what's happening? He's taking away the dominion of mankind that was given to, by God to man in the Garden of Eden that named that blessed dog, dog. The thing can't even speak. Can you see how the enemy belittles the human race and the pure sole reason is we neglect to become renewed in the mind by the word of God. Because that same scripture says, in that word we prove the will of God for ourselves. And so we can say we know that scripture, but are we being transformed constantly? It's not a pressure. The word does the work. You know, this is not psychology. You can't be thinking, I'm changing, I'm changing, I'm changing. That's not what we're talking about. The word changes us as we just walk in the truth. In fact, the Bible says it brings rest and freedom. Amen. Amen. Let's go to, let's go to Matthew um, 11, verse 15. Now, the reason, remember, that these precepts are given to us is for our protection and our provision. Matthew eleven fifteen, and we read, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Matthew 13, verse 9. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, I don't have time to read the, the passages before that, but you can, you can read them um, for in, in your own time. And just see why he's saying that. 
Matthew 13, uh, 43. 43, 43, 43. Then the righteous shall shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And by the way, that one I should elaborate. That's the parable of the tares. Tares. Not clothing tares. T-A-R-E-S. That means weeds. Weeds. Weed is weeds. Okay. You understand? It's very important. This is going right over your head, but stay with me. Mark 4, verse 9. Mark 4, verse 9. Let me just check. Mark 4, 9. Yeah. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So the context is when I petition God... And he gives me a scripture that I can quote back to him. I hear. I don't say, oh, yes, Lord, I know that. Did you hear that? I took it and declared it. Because if I don't take his advice, I don't get his result. Hello. Are you with me, family? To hear is a verb, and it requires our participation. So it's not a passive. So when you're driving down the road, you're hearing a lot of noise. Cars hooting, people talking, whatever. But that's not what he's talking about. This hearing is where you give attention to what you are hearing, And you understand what you are hearing. Which means that if you don't understand, you go back to Psalm 1 and you take the word and you meditate on it until revelation comes. Can you see, family? Now, if you you neglect to do that, then you neglect the destiny that he has for you. Because the only way he can bring forth the fullness of your salvation is by his word. No other way. There is no other way. So we're never going to stop talking about the word. To hear is a verb, right? Requires our participation in activating that seed. How do we activate it? We sow it. Out of our mouth, we speak that word. So now when I think of that want that I have, guess what I do? I don't look at the magnitude of the want. I look at the source that meets that want, and I quote his word, and I sow his word into that want. You know what a want is, right? Does everybody know what a want is? Just checking. See, the vast majority of believers are spending time around their need. Now, that's not being derogatory to you, but you don't need to be at your need. You may start out there, 
But ultimately, God wants you to reign and rule in every area of your life, spiritually, mentally, socially, physically, and financially. Amen? So, when you have an ear to hear, and you begin to sow that word back to yourself, the seed germinates. And it becomes fruitful. Now, perhaps for the vast majority of believers, what does fruitfulness look like? There was something the Holy Ghost shared with me, which maybe I should bring it. Um, maybe that's another place I should bring it in. Wait a minute. Let me just deliberate here with the Spirit of God. When you bear fruit... And I'm not going to go into this in great detail, but when you're bearing fruit, it's not just fruit bearing. God will come and prune. He'll prune your thinking and your understanding so that you can walk in a greater dimension of any particular truth. So let me... Let me try and go to the most practical one in everybody's life. Most people spend most of their time trying to meet their need. Otherwise, you wouldn't go to work. That's just the reality of life. But God... And that's why I need to be careful what I'm saying. But God never set that as the priority. The priority with God is time with Him. I'm not talking about watching sermons. Never delude yourself that by watching a sermon, there's nothing wrong with that, but don't delude yourself that watching a sermon is spending time with God. My wife is making supper and I'm watching Wild Earth. My concentration is primarily on the effluent eating in the bush. But I'm listening to her. But my attention is not necessarily entirely with her because sometimes she'll say something and I'll say, What were you saying? So you can watch a sermon and think about a hamburger. Please, it's important that you get this, family. Quality time with God is where, and, and I don't give you how many hours or how many minutes, simply to say, setting that quality time aside with the Lord will reduce I guarantee you anxiety. If you do it properly and consistently, I want to say this and say it carefully because it could come across with the, if you hear it with the carnal ear, it's going to sound arrogant. But the longer you walk with God, the less you think 
of how difficult it is to get things done. Because you simply yield to him. And while people are fretting when it's going to happen, you're living in a state of faith and patience so it does happen. Is this making sense to you, family? It's very simple, the gospel. It's very simple. That's why I'm always nervous about false prosperity. Because if you've created it yourself, you've got to keep it yourself. Now, the Bible says a man that rises early in the morning and works late is not wise. That doesn't mean to say you've got to give your boss a square eye because he hasn't let you go at 4.29 in the afternoon, but you understand the context. If you're doing that consistently, I was showing my wife, um, they, did a, they did a survey on investment, um, and it's very interesting. The one man was a great saver. It just speaks to me from the word. It's not the word. It's a natural situation. But over a period of 22 years, the one is a saver. He works morning, early, works late. Um, and the other is a, more of a high-risk person, reminding me of a person of faith. Right? So the one is a saver, and for the want of a better word, the other is an investor. Both are investing, but the one is highly cautious. So he puts his, his hard-earned money for 22 years into a safe investment, and he maybe gets 5% per annum on his money. The other person is a lot more bold and puts their money into the equity market, and it goes up and it goes down, it goes up and it goes down, it goes up and it goes down. But at the end of the, of the 22-year period, the man who took high risk's return was better. So the type, I want to use it as an analogy. I won't give you the percentages. They were quite significant. Um, but I want to give you as a, as a type so you can be a good little Christian doing your 20-minute prayer every day, being careful with everything you do. Or you can be a believer that God asks you to do the impossible. The returns are much better on the impossible. Are you with me? Because the one is where you control. The other is where his word controls. Come on, family. It's extremely important. It really is important. So life is going to bring many, many distractions to us. And that we just got to be aware of, right? Um, however, distractions are not and do not have the authority to stint the fruitfulness of God's word. You must hear this. It's very simple. See, people make excuses 
And they are legitimate excuses as to why things are where they are in their lives. But the reality is that life's distractions cannot stop the fruitfulness of God's word unless we allow it. So I want you to go to Mark 4. I want to look at this from the Bible because what Mark 4 shows is varying degrees of fruitfulness from the word. And so I know this is a tough one, but this would be a typical group of believers. And I'm going to read. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Mark 4, 14. The sower sows the word. Verse 15. And these are the ones sown by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. There's a common denominator here. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. They hear, they receive, they're glad. And they have no root in themselves. Excited faith. And so endure only for a time. Afterward, when persecution and tribulation arises, or tribulation and persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown, verse 18, among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. And the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires of other things, Entering in, choke the word. Another translation says the pleasures of the flesh. And it becomes unfruitful. Verse 20. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some 30, some 60, and some a hundredfold. So Jesus gives us an explanation and perhaps at the core of the human heart, when you read that, the first three categories, at the core of the human heart is the desire for self-sufficiency. Spend time on that. Think about that. Self-sufficiency always opposes the gospel. That doesn't mean we are nunus running around with no brain. Hello. It doesn't mean we don't do things, work, but it means that we take the gospel of what we hear. Now, I want you to see the common denominator for all of those groups of people was their ability to hear. So every believer is hearing. What are they hearing? If your mind is unrenewed, you filter it through an unrenewed mind. And that will mean that there will be resistance to the truth. Because it doesn't suit our 
current situation or it doesn't suit our agenda. God's not trying to control us. He's trying to provide and protect. But because we live in an imperfect world, only his word is able to bring out the fullness of the truth of our salvation. So you can see when you hear the word, it's your responsibility. So let's go back for a moment to the, my want that I asked the Lord about. And it became my responsibility not to say, oh, no, I know that. No, I, I know that scripture. Yeah. Okay, no, Lord, I need another one. I need something that I've never heard before. The word is new. The same word is new every day. I said the same word is new every single day. So it becomes our responsibility to hold on to the word. But let's look at those three soils, the first two, at first three soils. Wayside, they hear the word. The enemy comes and he steals the word. Now, this is not conclusive. It's just to give you a thought. And then you allow the Holy Ghost to take this truth of the word in Mark 4 and allow it to be unpacked in your life. That first one is they are not intentional in their hearing. Think about that. Many people don't achieve things not because they can't. They're just unintentional. Lack of discipline to take the word and say, it said that if it takes me 20 years, I'm going to stand on it till it happens. Can you see? The second one is stony ground. Notice they also hear the word. And I would put this in the category of excited faith. So there's various forms of faith. Established faith, weak faith, small faith, excited faith. And the reality of that excited faith is a truth. That's why you get excited. But you've got to do something more with the word. You can't just stay excited. Is this making sense to you? So the excitement that I'm referring to is it tickles the flesh. The natural man. That's what I need. Amen. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And you stand on it for one week, for two weeks, for three weeks. And the enemy comes because he's looking for the seed. And then tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake because in your excitement you tell somebody, my God shall supply all my need. And he looks at your situation and goes, well, thank God I'll just do it myself looking at you. Persecution. I thought you said God's going to meet this need. Persecution. Can you see? 
So the enemy, well, I can't tell you how many times I've heard this testimony. People start to tithe. And the devil seems to love breaking washing machines when they start tithing. <laughs> it seems like he doesn't have anything more unique than a washing machine or a tumble dryer. The number of times that I've heard that happen. Or the guy's driving and his wheel just keeps going. He stopped. <laughs> And the first thing is, but I'm a tither. That's right. Because when the wheel leaves your car and keeps going, you should start speaking. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Can you see? But the wheel's gone. Yes, because there's another 10 coming. Come on, family. Come on. It sounds like Star Wars. Sometimes it's so simple that people say that's ridiculous. It can't be that simple. It is too. This is how it works, family. This is how it works. It really works this way. Thorns. That's the third group. They also hear. Did you notice? Each group heard. Each group heard. And then the Bible says, cares. What translation do we have up there? He's on Mark 4. Go to there, cares. Take care. Be careful what you tell people to do. The cares of the world. What are the cares of the world? Well, Eskim doesn't work. Right? Every time you think you want to find out something about the country, it sunk another two inches. Cares of the world. And what those cares are intended to do is to bring about distraction. So then we become fixated on the distraction, on the care. You know, I made a statement in this church. I said, we're going to do church the way God wants us to do church, not the way the government thinks we should do church. By that I mean, it doesn't matter if Eskom goes out now, we're self-sufficient. Are you with me? Yeah, but do you know what that costs? I mean, do you have any idea what it costs? Yes, hundreds of thousands. We put it in at the church. But what are we going to do? Is God going to meet that requirement so that we can preach the gospel uninterrupted? Can you see, family? Now, I know I'm going to be upsetting a few people and I'm going to be the talk of the lunch table. But I want to challenge you. Get out of the status quo. The world doesn't tell you how you should live. God tells you how you can live. And that's what we're talking about. And remember, it begins in the spiritual 
And so cares of the world, the reality is that unemployment is not decreasing. That's the reality. Well, if there's less people to buy, what's going to happen? Businesses are going to start taking the brunt of that, which is then going to impact further on employment. And to quote a thing that has been said probably thousands of times in the church, you're not to subscribe to the economy of the world, but to God's economy. It's not that it's not happening. It's that you and I don't live in that mire. Come on, family. Come on. Natural pleasures. Where things distract us. Now, of course, there's always going to be distractions. But if it has an impact on the word, get rid of the distraction quickly. So that it doesn't have that impact on the word. And so it goes on and on and on and on. That we will always have thorns in our lives. And at times they seem justified. But what I want you to see this morning, more than anything, is become a seed sower. I could give you probably a wonderful testimony, but the people are in the church, so I don't want to use that one. But in the midst of where everything is, somebody shared a testimony. Of, and a few months ago, it wasn't there. But where it is now from a financial point of view. And it's not to overemphasize finance, but let me say this to you there's very little you can do without it. Amen? There's very little you can do without it. You can't feed yourself, you can't bless anybody, you can't do anything without it. So, it's important, as I wrap up, it's important to understand everyone heard the word on those four people. In fact, four, four groups. Only one group took it. And I know I say this often, but I'm going to keep saying it often, many more times. Of the group, Only a third brought a hundredfold of the last group. So if you take 25%, you can't do that in the Bible, but just for the purpose of this conversation, there were four groups, 25, 25, 25. Of the 25, only a third of the 25 got to 100. That's what makes the narrow road. Not because of God, remember? Everybody hears. And it's not challenging the sincerity of your heart to serve God. That's not what we're talking about here. It's to challenge you to say, if you sense you're in the status quo, kick that thing out. 
because it will bring about untold frustration in your life. As long as vision occurs, there will be an excitement in your life. There will be thanksgiving coming to God. Do you understand? Well, if you're a normal Christian, you know, if you, if, as, as the Lord blesses, I find that my thanksgiving is intensifying because I know he's done it. I know it's not by my, of course I do what I have to do, but he's done it. So it's important to understand every one of us hear the word, but the, the commitment with which we choose is often diluted by the activities of life. Now, when Joshua took over the business in terms of um, running as, as the CEO, now his brother's there as well, so we got double, double firepower and the staff. One of the things that I said to him, and it hasn't changed for me, I said, this business was built on the word and prayer. Don't ever let it change. There are certain things that you have to do in the natural. And then there are things that can happen in the spirit that you need the authority of God's word to move the needle to the next level. Are you with me? And that's just the reality. So don't pray when you're supposed to be working, but don't work when you should be praying. You got it? Let me say that again. Don't work when you should be praying. Don't pray when you should be working. And God has given us a spirit of wisdom, counsel, might, understanding, so that we can walk in the fullness of these truths. But I want you to hear this morning, we decide how much we're going to sow of the word, and we decide through that sowing the level of victory we want to live in. God bless you.